Hello and welcome to In the Kitchen with Mary Mack, coming from our beautiful studio in fabulous downtown Somerdale, which is a fictional place and does not actually exist except as a condominium neighborhood. <laughs> Today's recipe is real crazy cake with chocolate butter frosting. And if you follow me on social media, you may have seen pictures of this and the recipe and the little story about it already, but I thought I'm going to go ahead and do a podcast about it too. This year, a few people from social media, Instagram and Twitter are doing a little thing called Happy Food Year. And what we did, um, several of us picked a really, I don't know, obscure, weird, odd cookbook that we had in our collections, and we're cooking through them. So um, there's a person from a site called Silver Screen Supper that is using, uh, I can't think of the name of the cookbook, but she's using a cookbook by a movie star that is hilarious and was probably written in the 40s or 50s. So she's got some really interesting things there. And I am using a cookbook called um, The Foodorama Party Book. And this book came with uh, a refrigerator that people may have purchased in the 50s or 60s. This cookbook is dated 1959. The Foodorama refrigerator was a massive, beautiful, hulking beast that was made in the 1950s and 60s. And it's probably one you may remember from perhaps your grandparents' home at that time. They were a big, round kind of a refrigerator. And the Foodorama itself was designed to be the latest thing in refrigerators. It had a freezer on one side, a refrigerator on the other side, and all these little compartments in there so you could organize your food purchases and really have a spiffy kitchen. So if you look up the Foodorama Party Refrigerator online or the Foodorama Refrigerator, you'll get to see some really neat pictures of them and old advertisement pictures. I believe it was manufactured by the Kelvinator Company. And this cookbook was actually made uh, by a company in New York that was a food kitchen. And they created this cookbook specifically for the Kelvinator Company to give with their refrigerator. So it was like a a high-end refrigerator with a high-end cookbook that came. So by the name of this cookbook, you'll know that the entire thing is all different recipes for if a person in 1959 were hosting a party. So as I cook through this, I'm going to be sharing some of these recipes, and they are hilarious. There's a lot of cake recipes in here, a lot of, um, well, there's a lot of uh, jello sorts of things that are rather frightening and look like aliens and, you know, things like that. So, uh, we'll be, we'll be doing some, uh, probably more podcasts from this particular book, but this cake is a really interesting one. The real crazy cake. This is an old cake recipe. The oldest mention that I can find of it is from about the 1920s, 1930s era. And it was also known as the wacky cake the crazy cake, the mix-in-the-pan cake, the three-hole cake, the no-no cake. It's got a lot of names. I had a lot of feedback on this when I posted it because um, several people said this was a cake my grandmother made. She made this all the time. So the novelty of this cake, I believe, um, was probably that the cake itself is mixed in the pan that you bake it in. So this cake is made to be 
mixed in a 9 by 13 pan. It is not to be removed from said pan. It's made in there. You bake it in there. You ice it in there. You serve it from there. So it was sort of like a convenience food. And then that time in cooking in, in America... The idea of convenience food was very popular with homemakers, and it was becoming a sort of a trend, like make your life easier by doing this. So this is the era of this cake is the era where you like get the vegematic. You know, this thing will slice and dice your vegetables for you. You don't have to do all that terrible slicing and dicing. You know, if you've ever used a vegematic, they're not quite as easy as they are said to be. I had one and I actually broke it on a potato. Um, so yeah, if you have an antique vegematic, don't try to cut french fries in it it's it's they they're they're only good for so many things so <laughs> but um so this this cake comes from that era that mindset that look how easy this is you don't even you're not even getting your beaters dirty you're not getting your bowl dirty this cake also shows up in the king arthur cookbook i believe it's called the mix in the pancake again it's an old recipe from their original cookbook that the king arthur flour company created years ago, which you can still get that cookbook and it's a good cookbook. So we'll get into the recipe. Now, uh, like I said, this cake you mix up in the pan. One thing you don't want to do, this is going to be a nine by 13 pan. Don't grease your pan. You don't grease your pan because, um, that would be a mess. (laughs) So you take a dry nine by 13 pan. Okay. You're going to uh, set your oven at 350 degrees and gather your ingredients up and get ready to mix this baby up. I should mention this cake is a pretty, it's a very dense cake. It's not super duper chocolatey, but it is a very dense, moist cake. It doesn't really need icing. Like you could serve it as, as a snack cake if you wanted to and just put maybe a dollop of whipped cream on it or have it with ice cream. So if you would choose to do that, you can. This cake is also, interestingly enough, made as its original recipe. It is a vegan cake. There are no eggs or dairy products in this cake. Um, this is one I shared another recipe with you several episodes ago that is uh, the rise in the cake is created by vinegar and baking soda. And this is that similar type of a cake. So here we go, the real crazy cake. This would also be fun to do with your kids if your kids enjoy science. This is like a good science cake to bake that you can kind of, you know, do a little lesson with them. So here you go. You need three cups of all-purpose flour, two cups of sugar, six tablespoons of cocoa. I've used regular Hershey's cocoa and Hershey's Dutch processed cocoa, and either one works well. The Dutch process was really, really dark, very beautiful. Two teaspoons of baking soda and one teaspoon of salt. Now, these dry ingredients you're going to sift into your 9 by 13 pan, which you did not grease, Okay. So what I did, I have this giant old sifter that has the crank handle on the side, and I just set that in my 9 by 13 pan, and then I put my three cups of flour. Now, don't compact your flour into the cup. Put the cup over your flour container and scoop the flour into it and then level it off because you don't want your flour real compacted for this because, you know, if you scoop it up and pat it down, it's going to be compacted. So measure your flour by scooping it into the cup and then level it off. Three cups of flour, dump that into your sifter. Two, two cups of regular white sugar, six tablespoons of cocoa, two teaspoons of baking soda, one teaspoon of salt. And then you're going to sift them right into your pan, okay? This is a lot of volume for your little sifter. So you might want to do a little bit of a time, you know, like 
sift them so it doesn't get overly full. Now, what you want to do next is take those that sifted pile of ingredients and kind of level it out in your baking pan. And you're going to take the back of your mixing spoon and make three depressions in the dry mixture. One of your depressions needs to be pretty big. So make three little dents in it or three holes, okay? The original recipe calls for three-fourths cup of melted shortening. However, I use three cups of, or three, not three cups, (laughs) I use three-fourths cup of canola oil rather than melted shortening because it's just better for you, so... I did not use melted shortening. So three-fourths cup of canola oil, two tablespoons of vinegar, two teaspoons of vanilla, and then you're going to need two cups of cold water sitting aside. Into those three depressions you made, you're going to pour three-fourths cup of oil in the biggest one, (laughs) uh, two teaspoons of vanilla into the smallest one, and two tablespoons of vinegar into the middle-sized one. Okay? So... Now that you have those in there, you're going to pour water over the whole top of it, which kind of looks like a swamp after you do it. And then you're going to take your spoon, and I recommend using a smaller size spoon or a fork to do this, and just mix and blend it thoroughly until the batter is smooth. And you have to get into the corners of the pan and along the edges and just keep like stirring slowly and back and forth and stirring around, and it takes you a couple minutes to stir it all up and mix it but you'll know when it's mixed. You might get some little bits of dry stuff that pop up in it, but it'll mix up pretty good. And I do have pictures on my Facebook page, Mary Mac Bakehouse Facebook page, that you can look at of the process. I have a quick question. Yes. Since it does have baking soda and vinegar in it, whenever you're mixing the wet ingredients with the dry, does it ever start reacting too soon? Can that affect the rise of the cake? It doesn't affect the rise of the cake, and it sure does. When you put the vinegar into that little hole, it's just going to foam up and get a head on it. I mean, it's crazy. So, Well, that's why they call it the real crazy cake. But when I put the vinegar in there, it just foamed right up. So you don't want to dally with that water. (laughs) But then when you bake it, Um, the recipe says 50 to 60 minutes. It took, my cake took about 50 minutes to bake and it's done. It'll spring back when you lightly touch it with your fingertip in the middle or insert a, um, this cake actually tests well with a toothpick. You can insert a toothpick in it and it comes up clean. Now you want to let it cool on a cooling rack before you put frosting on it. So since it's going to stay in the pan, you're going to have to, it, it probably, I think the one I made the last one I made, um, I made it in an air bake pan and it probably took a good hour to cool. And my house was pretty cold. It's winter time and in the North and, uh, it was pretty cold. So it took a good hour to cool. So you want to let it cool completely before you ice it. If you're going to ice it, if you're going to ice it, this is the recipe that goes with the real crazy cake in the Foodorama cookbook. And this icing recipe is phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal, okay? So this is called chocolate butter frosting, and it has a lot of butter in it for the amount of frosting you get. It's a lot of butter. Delicious, though. So it kind of makes up for the fact that the cake itself, like I said, is not super chocolatey. It has a very nice chocolate flavor, but it's not like one of those, oh, my gosh, this cake is so chocolatey. It's not like that. But this icing is, oh, my gosh, this icing is so chocolatey. So you're going to combine and beat two-thirds cup of softened butter, one-fourth teaspoon of salt, 
and one cup of sifted confectioner's sugar. And you're going to beat that until it's light and fluffy. Now, you're going to add in, I forgot to tell you, we, um, you have to melt three squares of unsweetened chocolate also for this recipe. I should just give you all the ingredients first. Wouldn't that be a brilliant idea? Okay, let's go backwards. You're going to need two-thirds cup of softened butter, one-fourth teaspoon of salt, one cup of sifted confectioner's sugar to start. And you'll also need one egg yolk, three squares, one ounce each, or three ounces, of melted unsweetened chocolate, and then five additional cups of sifted confectioner's sugar, and a half a cup of milk, okay? And then one tablespoon of vanilla at the very end. Ready? Here we go. So you're going to beat two-thirds cup of softened butter or margarine. You can use margarine. I would say if you want to keep this vegan, you can use um, the vegan margarine. And I did use that, and it worked really well. But if you're not uh, concerned with that or you don't have a dairy allergy or issue, use the butter. Because I noticed the vegan margarine did make the icing a little tiny bit thinner so I had to put a little more powdered sugar in it, but it wasn't really a big, wasn't like a big problem. So just kind of remember that if you're going for a completely vegan cake, then you want to do use the uh, vegan margarine in your icing. And then you could use almond milk or soy milk to blend the icing up. I would not recommend using ripple with this. I don't think, I think it would be a little bit gritty, but I think the soy or almond milk would work fine. So here we go. Third start on the icing. Good grief. Two-thirds cup of softened uh, butter or margarine, fourth teaspoon of salt, one cup of sifted confectioner's sugar, and you're going to beat that until it's light and fluffy. Then you're going to add your one egg yolk and beat that in, and then you're going to add your melted three squares of unsweetened chocolate. And you want what you want to do, like what I do, is I start melting my chocolate when I start on the cake because chocolate will just melt. So if you put uh, your three ounces of unsweetened dark chocolate into a bowl, a glass bowl or a metal bowl that will sit on top of a pan and put water to a simmer underneath it and just set it on top and let it melt and take its time, it might take an hour to melt, but who cares? It's not going to be overheated and then won't take long to cool enough to put into your icing. Okay. Plus, so, plus if you melt it that way, it won't get gritty. Right, right. It won't get gritty at all. Because chocolate, as Mary Berry says, will melt in a child's hand. So it's not that big of a deal. But if you overheat it, like people want to melt chocolate in the microwave, um, if it gets overheated, it not only affects the texture of it, but it also, it, if the chocolate gets too hot, you have to wait so long to add it into anything. So you're better off to just let it melt at a low temperature. And then that way it's at a low temperature when you add it into your icing. It's not going to melt your butter, you know. It's just going to go in and assume the temperature of what you added it into. Okay, so you add your unsweetened chocolate. Now, you want a little bit at a time, beat in a cup of uh, sifted confectioner's sugar and then a little bit of your milk, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of milk, and beat that until you get a nice consistency that you like and is spreadable. Then add your one tablespoon of vanilla, which will thin it down a little bit more. What I discovered with this icing, if you let it, don't put it in the refrigerator while you're waiting for your cake to cool if you're a little bit ahead of the cake, because it, it gets hard. Like, you could eat it like a candy. You could cut it out like candy. So what you want to do is make sure you have a good spreading consistency and just leave it on your table or your counter, cover it with plastic wrap, or a plate that'll you know fit on top of your bowl to seal the air out and just let it sit 
while you're waiting on your cake to cool. And then when you're ready to ice it, take a a spoon and whip that up a little bit. Make sure that it's still spreadable consistency. One time I made this, I had to add a little extra milk to it, but um, check it before you do it. Then frost your cold cake with it. And I use the, this is what I do, which is probably, I don't know. I don't think it's terrible. I just basically ice the cake with all the icing I made, which sometimes goes right to the top of the cake pan. But who am I? I mean, you know, come on. I don't have a problem with it. So anyway, <laughs> and this cake, I the first time I made it, I thought this is not going to come out of the pan. There is no way that this cake is going to come out of this pan. It's going to be like cement in there. I'm going to have to throw the pan away. But somehow or other, when that cake cools and you ice it and it sits there for a little while and then you cut it, it lifts right out of the pan. It's a very good cake. Everybody that has tried it has absolutely loved it. It's a very good cake. And I think the last one I made, I want to say honestly, from start to finish, the the cake, like, because I, like I said, I was kind of working. I got the cake together, started the chocolate melding, um, did that, cleaned up, made my icing, got it all ready. And over the course, I think it was like all together, maybe two hours. And that's cooling time for the cake and everything. So I was obviously doing other things, but it's a good cake. It's a simple cake. It's kind of fun to make, you know, cause you're putting all those little things in there and it's, it's really kind of, it is kind of crazy how it, how it works. But one of the best things that about it is it really, um, it's quick to put together, but it uses pantry items that you already have. There's nothing that's out of the ordinary in this cake. Really? There's nothing out of the ordinary. It's egg free. Um, it's dairy free. So therefore it's, it's a good uh, vegan choice, but it's also a good choice for people that have egg or dairy allergies. And like I said, the, the frosting, you don't have to put that egg yolk in if you're uncomfortable with it. Like I said, this recipe's from the 1950s when it was common to use raw eggs in things, but you don't have to put that egg yolk in if you're uncomfortable with it. It makes the icing richer and it helps it fluff up a little bit, but it is not absolutely essential to the icing. So you can leave the egg yolk out I did it with the egg yolk just to see how it was. I was um, not, I'm, I'm not really particularly nervous about eggs myself, so it didn't bother me to use it. But if you are, don't use it. Don't just leave the egg yolk out. And like I said, it's very easy to make it into a, 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 a vegan cake, an egg-free cake, a dairy-free cake. It's very easy, It's and it's still delicious. It's absolutely delicious. So I highly, highly recommend this. The icing is amazing, and... This is a win-win cake, and it is real crazy. (laughs) So I hope you give it a try. I really do. I think you'll like it a lot. It's a great winter project for like those days that's so cold and miserable you don't even want to leave the house. So this is a great winter project. I do have to say that you'll probably eat way more cake than you intend to if you make it. So you may want to make it when you're having people over. Or for a teenager birthday party, as it is suggested in the party rama. Uh, food book. In addition to the fabulous, real crazy cake for our teenager party that's suggestion, the teenage birthday supper, the Foodorama party book recommends that you have assorted sandwiches, pickles, olives, celery, real crazy cake, a make your own Sunday bar and milk. So this is the cake that you want if you're hosting a teenage birthday supper and that's the menu you want to have. So I hope you do 
I hope you have a teenage birthday supper and have all those delicious things. Make sure to check us out online on Facebook and Instagram at Mary Mac Bakehouse, on Twitter at Mary Mac Podcast, and on our website, MaryMacPodcast.com. Thanks a lot for listening if you did, and if you didn't, too bad for you.